Welcome to the Stories Told podcast. This is episode 30, The Juice of the Vine. This is the Stories Told podcast. Two authors talking about stories in movies, TV, and of course, books. I'm Michael Grayford. I write action adventure stories in fantasy and sci fi worlds. Sometimes for younger readers and sometimes for adults. And I try to always inject at least a little bit of humor. And I am author E.W. Barnes, and I write action adventure, time travel novels, and space opera science fiction. Thousands of years, thousands of worlds. But be forewarned beyond here, there will be spoilers. Are you ready for the adventure? Let's begin. And welcome back to this Stories Told podcast. I am author E.W. Barnes, and with me is author Michael Grayford. And today we're talking about the story told in Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing quite well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And what's new in your writing world? What's new in the writing world? Uh, let's see. I've been focusing mostly on... Working on my launch plan for the first Zara story. Um, so just documenting that, coming up with a checklist, make sure I have all the things I need to do in order. And I created a post and a sign-up form um, to put on Facebook. Well, the sign-up form is on Google for ARC readers. Uh, so to get people to... An ARC reader is, ARC stands for advanced review copy. So if I get anyone to actually sign up, <laughs> then I'll send them uh, ebooks slightly before actual release date. Uh, so then when it releases, hopefully they'll feel like leaving a review and I'll have some reviews up early for the story. Uh, so that's what I've been working on, just plotting out from here to the release date. And taking a couple steps on that checklist. <laughs> so that's it. How about you? What are you what are you working on in the writing world? I had a lot of fun editing the sort of proof version of the anthology that contains my short story Free the Beasts. Uh the instruction was to look at my story to make sure that everything was cool in my story and also read the story before mine as a second set of eyes on, which I thought was a really brilliant idea. That way you've got all these eyes looking at these stories, catching stuff, you know, might've been missed in editing, et cetera. And so I had a lot of fun reading the story previous to mine. This anthology is a science fiction anthology. It contains military science fiction and stories of colonization or encounters with other species, you know, extraterrestrial species. and science fiction adventure, which is what my story is. My story is, I call it sort of pseudo-military because it's not real military because I'm not a military person. I cannot recreate the true sci-fi military science fiction kind of story. So I have sort of like a pseudo-military thing going like Star Trek. Uh, and so I call my story science fiction adventure just so that a person who's really looking for military science fiction isn't disappointed with my story because they're looking for somebody who's really 
focused on the tech and the military structure and all those things. So anyway, I had a lot of fun reading that previous story, which was a military science fiction based kind of story. And I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the read. I enjoyed going through it and I thought it was a good idea. So I'm really excited about getting that review of that proof completed. And that story comes out, gosh, and I think about two weeks that anthology comes out. So I'm excited. Oh. Yeah. And then more work on Ecliptic and more. I did get a at least one audiobook chapter edited this week. I hope, hopefully can do more. It's been a busy week, but the goal is to try to have at least one more, if not two more, available coming out on Friday of this week. So that's what I've been working on. Excellent. And have you encountered any good stories in books or movies or television this week? I don't think so. I've been working my way through some of the Stargate episodes that I didn't see. <laughs> Just yeah. finishing, finishing that series. I think I'm on the last episode actually now. I was going through the last two seasons. But other than that, now I've just been focused on plan for Zara. How about you? I started watching the new Ahsoka series. Uh, have seen two episodes of it so far. And am still reading a little bit here and there. The fourth book in the Stormlight Archive series. And that's pretty much, pretty much been it. Did you watch any of... The Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels? No. Okay, so that's that's where uh, that's where the Ahsoka character comes from. Yeah, I think there were. I did know I've that. I just haven't seen them. Yeah, she's one of the favorite characters from those stories. And I actually really like the character in this live action series thus far. I'm interested in seeing where the series goes. And then I am actually also watching a little bit of Stargate Atlantis after watching Stargate for the podcast. I started going through and cherry picking some of my favorite episodes of Atlantis. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about Dungeons and Dragons? I am. All right, let's begin. Today we're talking about the story told in the movie Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves, and I will read the synopsis from imdb.com. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. So what did you like about this movie? One of the main things, uh, which is something that we've talked about for, before, I know you and I agree on this, is uh, humor. <laughs> <laughs> Very humorful, humorous uh, movie scattered throughout the tale, um, which is great. So like that, that, was the, that was the standout thing. But beyond that, sort of going from the beginning forward, I... Like the way that they handled the backstory at the very beginning. And they were kind of catching us up on the characters and how they got in their situation. It was interesting because it, it, it goes a bit against conventional writing advice because it's, it's essentially exposition, just telling us what happened in the past, right? Obviously, because it's on the screen, we see it, but you know, it's half narrated, half scenes that we're seeing. But they make it work by interspersing it with what's going on in the present and making it humorous and sort of having this back and forth 
juxtaposition between what occurred then and what's going on now with them in the prison and trying to get out <laughs> both through talking and using their escape plan. So I thought that was really good. Uh, that was really fun, the way they set that up. And then the additional setup for each of the characters, it gives, it gives you a clear sense of who that character is right away. And it's an interesting introduction. It's not just, oh, here, we meet this person, we talk a bit, we convince them to join our quest. No, they're, right, they come upon this character, they're in the middle of something, and you get to see what that character does, what flaws they have, what they're trying to do, like what, what do they want in their lives. Right? You get all that set up uh, really quickly and in a fun scene each time you meet someone. So I thought they did all that really well. And then, of course, the story as a whole, it's basically a heist plot, right? It's a heist story. I mean, it's called Honor Among Thieves. It's about thieves doing their thieving thing, kind of. It's more like thieves using their skills to do something that's a, a, a good thing in terms of, you know, rescuing the daughter and recovering her mother. Um, so we get to see that. And then I, I like, this is something that was they did really well, I thought. Each character in their, in their little band, right, their little band of thieves, if we want to call them that, has their own unique skills and their own personalities, and they, they bring their own skill set to the party, right? So it's very, only is a very heisty thing, right? Oh, we need the person who's the acrobat, or we need the person who knows technology, you know, whatever, in a modern heist movie. Uh, not only is that, but it's also a very Dungeons and Dragons thing. <laughs> in a D&D party, it's very, very common to have completely different characters with their own unique skill sets, got someone who's a mage who has ma magic access as someone who's an archer or a ranger or a thief or harper in the, in this case so i thought they blended those th those two things together perfectly the dnd &D aspect and the heist aspect were they fit together so well and they utilized it excellently in the story and then the on the little details i loved the whole corpse scene where they have to ask questions of the corpses the five questions from the first corpse was just hilarious, where they just com completely waste the questions. I thought that was fantastic. And then throughout that whole scene, just a lot of really good humor. Uh, and then, again, cutting between the backstory of what happened to that character to what's going on in the moment. Very well done. Uh, the writing and direction on that was just fantastic. And then another great little scene was the fat dragon. That was amazing. What a brilliant concept. It was so much fun. And just seeing the, <laughs> how the dragon moved and came after them. That whole, se that whole sequence was great. Another thing I really enjoyed was the using the hither-thither staff to create the portal. Yeah, yeah, right? To create a portal on the painting to sneak in. That was brilliant. And, of course, that failed, <laughs> which almost yeah. made it even better. But what a cool idea. And I loved seeing like the moment-to-moment -moment use of that, how they had to like pry, pry off the boards on the bottom of the wagon and then nail them back on through the portal. As someone who's played the game Portal, <laughs> it reminded me of that. Very, very fun <laughs> sequence. So a lot of little things like that. And then toward the end, again, sort of the, the, the what do you call it, the diverse party comes into play where... 
each of the characters gets to gets a, gets a moment to use their strength in the final climactic battle. We get to see Simon finally come to his own and use his power to create magic shields and fight her with the fist of rocks and things like that. Doric gets to use her magic to become an owlbear. So each one of them gets to play a role. I thought that was really well done. And, you know, they, they gave each person uh, a part to play. Not only the main party, but also uh, the daughter. What was her name? Kira, I think. Kira. She wasn't just a MacGuffin. She actually got to play a part in defeating the sorceress at the end, which also was very cool. They could have just, you know, forgotten about her and had her just be this character that they rescued. So I like that they brought her into that plan. And then just sort of generally, I like family stories like this and I thought they did it really well they come together at the end and then the very final scene was great it kind of comes back full circle and we're, we're back in the prison again <laughs> with the other guy trying to talk his way out <laughs> and then trying to grab onto the Jonathan who can fly I thought I thought they wrapped that up really well so yeah overall very fun movie a lot of good writing things excellent direction I thought they did a really good job I agree I, you know, of course, look at the first couple of minutes of a story to see how engaging it is. I loved how the opening of this was kind of a misdirect. You assume that the arrival at the prison is going to be your protagonist. And so you're kind of watching to see what the story is. And of course, it's not. This is the character that takes you to your protagonist. And then proceeds from there. I agree with you. I thought the backstory scene was engaging because they kept us in the present. We weren't in the backstory. We were in the present listening to the backstory the entire time, exactly how you just described it. And because of that, it did not feel like an info dump. And that was brilliantly done. I loved how when he finally gets reunited with his daughter, we have a twist about her. She's not interested anymore. And that was really actually very unexpected. I I wasn't expecting her to be not interested in him and having been turned against him. So I really enjoyed that. It's just changed the entire tone of the story. Now, what's really interesting to me is when we read the synopsis from IMDb, it focused on the actions of this group of characters. But really, the whole purpose of this story was for our protagonist to get his family back. And yeah, there was a little bit of, oh yeah, I'm going to go after, you know, some, I'm going to steal jewelry and coin, etc. But that really was never his driving goal. It was his family. It was getting his wife back. And then the evolution of that to actually, no, I want my daughter back. And I thought that's at the core of this movie. That's at the heart of this movie. And that's where we're focused on. And I loved that. I loved how it went from, these are thieves who are going to go out and thieve to, this is a guy who wants his family back. I agree. The humor was wonderful. You know, you looked at it through the eyes of Dungeons and Dragons. I never played Dungeons and Dragons. I would have loved to have played Dungeons and Dragons, but I never got a chance to. And so for me, it was a fantasy story. And I thought the fantasy elements were amazing. And it was consistent throughout these just layers of fantasy elements everywhere you looked not in your face, not, oh, look, here's a fantasy thing here, and here's a fantasy thing here, and a fantasy thing here. It was just all part of the layers of the world, and I loved that. I also enjoyed how, as you pointed out, this was a heist story, but it's a heist story that actually, in my opinion, and I'll be interested in hearing what you think, it evolved into a quest. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, definitely. I I do agree with that. Because when they went to Zenk and he required promises about what was going to happen at the end and it became an issue of of honor. I mean, that's what, you know, honor among thieves. It became an issue of honor. No longer thieving. It was about honor. It became a quest. I thought that was so cool. I know. I think they did that well. I think there was a... Yeah. So it was like from a writing structure standpoint, often, you know, roughly around the middle of the story, learn what the larger stakes are of this story. Yes. And there's a, there's a commitment that the main character has to make. And you saw that here. Yes. It's more hinted at. It's not as overt as some other stories. But it opens up like, okay, there's something else bigger and, you know, not badder, but there's more going on here than just their little quest. The little quest is important, right? You're invested in the characters and you want him to succeed. But they sort of open the door to this other thing that's waiting in the wings, which, of course, ends up coming back later in the final act. The other thoughts I had, the pacing is really good. And, and as you pointed out, like the graveyard scene, which could have really dragged, even with all the jokes, if they had not kept it going and kept the pacing just really fast, 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 you know, okay, that doesn't work. All you see is shovel, coffin lid, next person for whom, next corpse from whom they're asking the question. I just loved how they just kept that moving, kept it bright and sparkly and energetic. While again, it was like, as you pointed out, more backstory. But again, it was like you were right there and it was fast. And I loved that pacing. I thought it was brilliant. Each scene flows naturally one to the next. There doesn't appear to be any fat in this story. Everything that happens, happens naturally from what happened before. It makes sense and it moves the story forward. There is no hanging about. The story just keeps moving forward. The tone is consistent and it's appropriate for the action. Yes, it's a story full of humor and very light, but there's still moments of connection and empathy and emotion when it's appropriate. And it's done really, really well. And as you point out, the characters are well-developed and they grow consistently within their own character framework. So you see character arcs for almost every character in this story and it's consistent for who we understand them to be. I I think it's just so well done. And then, as you pointed out, the climax does exactly what I also enjoy. Every single character brings their own gifts to the table and gets to use them. And it's a team effort taking down the bad guys. Payoffs in this movie are amazing. We get set up beautifully and we're paid off beautifully. I agree. So is there anything that you might have done differently with this story? Oh, man, like you said, the, the script, or at least what, what we saw, was so tight, it's hard to see anything major that I would change. Maybe a couple little things um, that I noticed. I'm not sure how I would change, but I, I noticed some things. Okay, so the first, when we first see the hither-thither staff used to get across the bridge, in that moment, it just occurred to me, like, is an awfully convenient solution <laughs> like oh we just destroyed the bridge hey look here's this thing they can get us across easily maybe if there's a little more setup on that of like what that thing was earlier or something i don't know it would have been the problem is it would have been too convenient to use that at any time so i, I guess it worked it was a sort of funny scene uh, and it let him 
uh, what's his name, Simon, have a moment of success there since he was the one who caused the bridge to fall. I, I don't know that I would change it. It's just something I noticed that seemed like, well, that was really... In, 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 I've heard some writing advice where you can use convenience to get a character into trouble, but you shouldn't use it to get them out of trouble. And, and this one struck me as like, oh, getting them out of trouble. But like I said, super small thing. I'm not even sure how I would adjust that. Uh, let's see, four. And then towards later in the story, I think they, we, we saw when the Michelle Rodriguez character died. Was it her, Holga was her name? Yeah. Something like that? Okay, Holga. When Holga dies, we see some flashbacks of her kind of helping raise Kira in the past. I, I wish we had seen some of that earlier in the story. Rather than when she died, or at least not only when she died. So we would have had that connection earlier on. Then at that point, it was like, okay, I don't know. It was like, let's explain why this is meaningful, is what what it felt like. I think if they had shown those same clips earlier on, because they were doing flashback stuff earlier in the story, they could have shown that when they were doing heists and stuff to build that up a little bit earlier, to build that connection. That's, That's probably the biggest thing I would have changed. This question I had was, despite the owlbear smashing the sorceress at the end, what was her name? Sophina, I think. I'm left wondering, is she actually dead? Because we saw earlier, you know, her minions were out and out killed and they came back no problem. <laughs> so I would have liked to have seen a more definitive death there. Like she dissolves or gets burned up or something. Because I'm like, wait. You're just going to leave her there? You fought people like this before and they came back, no problem. And she's way, way, way more dangerous. So yeah, just, a, again, a small thing was in the back of my head as I watched that scene. But that's those are the only things that really stood out to me. Yeah, overall, I thought it was really well done. How about you? Is there anything you would improve or that caught your attention? There were a couple of things. I get, like you, they were very small and... You know, so did not take away from the enjoyment of the movie at all. As far as your comment about Sophina, I got the distinct impression that this movie was the end of the movie was wrapped things up, gave us our payoff, but also set things up for future stories. We still have, you know, the red legions of zombie death that are still out there with the evil sorcerers. So I kind of got the impression that. They were leaving the door open for a follow-up story, a sequel. So that may be why they didn't double check on Sophina. I don't know. And and Just that's what thought. it felt like to me. It felt like a it felt like a writing convenience of we're gonna leave this open in case we want to bring her back. Yeah. So a couple of things that for me I might have changed and and I too enjoyed the chonky dragon scene. I actually thought it went on a little too long. Now, it, that may not be a writing thing. That might be an editing thing or a special effects thing that they wanted to make sure we got as much out of the Chonky Dragon as possible. But for me, it just felt like it went on. Considering, and again, considering the pacing of the rest of the story, where the action moved so quickly, the Chonky Dragon scene seemed a little bit, just seemed inconsistent with the rest of the pacing of the film. I, I get that feeling a lot during uh, action movies with car chases or fight scenes. There's nothing particularly like interesting going on. They're just sort of chasing or fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe 
Oh, so I mean, the solution to that here would be fairly simple. You just cut yeah. part of it out. Uh, and then the other thing was, I actually found it difficult to understand what was going on at the High Sun Games. I wanted to know sort of what the rules were and what what was going on here. What were they gaming for, right? That part wasn't clear. And then, you know, as we went on, it became clear you have to try to figure out how to survive a maze with deadly creatures in it. But I still would have liked a little bit more sort of set up before we were just thrown into it. Oh, that's a good point. Or even while they were in it, like, what was their goal? <laughs> yeah, so I, just a I think a little bit of dialogue to just sort of orient me as to what exactly was going on with the High Sun Games would have been even earlier, like when Forge was talking to the businessmen who were going to be providing money for this, just talking about, oh, well, you know, it, you know, we didn't do it before because people we get killed because, you know, blah, blah, blah. It could have just been a little bit of dialogue here and there just kind of fill me in as to what was going on there. That, again, did not take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I did figure it out eventually. I just would have, I would have loved knowing what the stakes were going in. Okay, so, I mean, that brings up a question for me. You said you figured it out eventually. I, I didn't. I don't know what their goal was. Like, okay, so there's people trapped there. Are they supposed to free those people? But then where do they go? Like, what do they... I think the goal is survival. Where do they, like, how do they ultimately get out of there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't note that until you said it. But I, you're right. I definitely wondered what was going on with that. I loved the use of the Jello mold or whatever they call it. <laughs> that yeah, was clever. The, the deadly Jello. Yeah, it was very clever. And again, once again, used the talents of the team. Yeah, it's a very Dungeons and Dragons yeah. thing. You often, you often go into a dungeon and there's one of these weird Jello beasts there <laughs> a classic monster so as a writer what did you take away from this story there's a, there's a lot of things they did well i think for for me one of the main things i took away from this was a reminder that it's a good idea to have a very diverse party with distinct individuals in the group assuming it's a party-based story which tend to be the kind of things that i write and giving them a a role to play let you it, it adds so much variety and i don't know fun and, uh, and a chance for conflict and also opportunity for having interesting solutions along the way and in the climax so that's something i try to do but i think they did it really well here how about you what what do you take away from this what I took away is just a, this is a wonderful example of the importance of the consistency in pacing and tone and character personalities, even in their growth, just sort of like really understanding your story, really understanding your characters, really understanding how your story is moving along. Uh, it, it was such a great example of someone who just knew this story backwards and forwards and really implemented it well. Yeah, and it's good to see. I mean, this isn't necessarily from a writing perspective, just from a production perspective, right? From the acting and directing and editing. You know, it's like it all came together really well. The the timing, humor was fantastic. The pacing was great. I loved the scene with uh, where he's trying on the helmet uh, the first time, and it launches him away. 
and then he tries again, boom, and immediately gets launched to it. There's so many things like they did with pacing that are just perfect. I agree. And we thank you for joining us as we talked about the story told in Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters. We are so grateful for your support and encouragement. The Stories Told podcast is available on multiple podcast platforms, and we thank you for liking and subscribing and following, depending on where you're listening. It may not be a big deal to you, but it means a lot to us. You can find Michael Grayford at michaelgrayford.com and E.W. Barnes at a thousandyears.com, and those links are in the show notes. Join us next time as we discuss the story told in the original Avatar movie. Thank you so much, Mike. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, this was a, this was a great movie to watch. Thanks. And we'll see you next time on the Stories Told podcast. <laughs> <laughs>